0: because uh, now we have a very prominent guest and i'm honored to welcome mr james newton howard to my pod hello
2: nice nice to to be here in stockholm (laughs) yeah i've never been here before so it's a beautiful city people are so nice i think i'll move here much (laughs) much nicer than in los angeles but the
0: weather is not so fine though
2: yeah i'm sick of los angeles weather (laughs) i'm ready for change yeah no it's nice you know i think i think the weather here is more dramatic
0: yeah, you know, and maybe it's the why we are so melancholy is because of the weather outside.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, no, well. you don't seem melancholy, but I like I'm melancholy too. So I think
0: I get along yeah. fine. It's like the Moody Blue song. I'm a melancholy man. Yeah, I no, I, 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 of course I do. <laughs> I have one first question, but I must say to you, see how you react. I remember when I bought "Rock of the Westies" with mm. Elton John. Mm. There was a long-haired man there who played the keyboards. That's right. That's you.
2: And a, and a very thin man. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> with Caleb Quay and all those great. Music, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first
2: so, album I recorded with Elton. Yeah. In nineteen seventy-five. Great
0: hit song with "Island Girl." Yeah. With yeah. your synth, of and course. A sort of yeah. funny synth yeah. solo. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we can maybe come back to it. First I want to hear your education in music. Just a short recap of that. Um,
2: well I started, I started private piano lessons when I was four. Um, studied through high school and then I, I uh, went to University of Southern California as a piano performance major. But I dropped out during my first year because I was tired of practicing the piano and I, I was listening to a lot of popular music and you know at the time it was the Beatles and Hendrix mm. and Motown and it was just there was so much wonderful music happening that I, I started to become more interested in that so mm. I dropped
0: out of college. But you are the generation before me, we shouldn't talk about age, but... Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that no, I mean, like you grew up during the rock and roll decade, was it so? The 50s?
2: Yeah, I, I d- certainly did. I mean, yeah. I was born in '51, so
0: uh, I was a, I was now pretty young.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty young. But uh, I like to say I grew up in the '60s. Yeah, but if, yeah I understand. Okay. But mean, if you I was born
0: '60, but I mean, so Jerry Lee Lewis. When you saw him first time when you were young, was that something? I didn't
2: care about Jerry Lee Lewis, or uh, no, 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 no. The people that I first started to listen to, I think, were early early R&B and Motown. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I remember the, the Supremes, um, Temptations, I was very much into them. And Beach Boys, of course. Beach yeah. Boys at the same time, and then the Beatles. So I, I, I was, really became musically aware more in the early 60s. Yeah. During the 50s, I mostly listened to classical music. When yeah. I was a young boy, I, yeah. I loved uh, I loved Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky and the big Romantic yeah. composers.
0: But the Brit invasion was important, also when Beatles came along.
2: Very much definitely. so. Yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a great time. It was it was um, well, it changed music forever.
0: You know? Yeah. But you, I understand that your parents were also musicians. What no, did, my uh, grandmother. The grandmother was
2: had uh, early in her life had been a violinist. Oh yeah, and. Um, stopped playing by the time I knew her or really remember her she had she was not playing the violin anymore so there was really not we were not by any means a musical family but um, there was a piano in our house a little upright piano and uh, I guess I started picking out songs I'd hear on the piano, and then they started me on piano lessons.
0: I shouldn't make any uh, parallels, but I'm thinking of Mozart. He was very young. (laughs) You
2: say you played piano when you were four, isn't it? Well, Mozart Mozart was writing symphonies by the time he was four. (laughs) No, please. Uh, (laughs) No, um, there is no parallel there, but thank you. But
0: you understood early on that you want to be a musician. Yes. I
2: I did, and I I think I was not a particularly happy child. Uh, I was melancholy, so I think I have that in common. Um, And when I started the piano, I felt like I found a uh, like a a resource of some solace and a a place where I could retreat. And it was very it was very good for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a therapy thing. Very much so. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, my,
2: my, my parents told me that as soon as I started piano <coughs> lessons, I stopped uh, being a real difficult child. So you know, I got less oh, difficult. Okay. But still difficult. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how important was those years in the 70s, 80s when you were a, a musician in the rock and pop business? Was that is that something that you. Well, we, were, we can come to Hunger Games and the hit you had <laughs> a yeah. couple of years ago, but those were very important years. The, the touring and everything, how, how did you. Uh,
2: well, the, the 70s is really where when I became a professional musician. So, um, I started off playing with uh, a few people and, and doing. Somehow, I got offered a job with a band that was making a record. And then, a few short years later, it's quite a long story. But I ended up joining Elton John's band in 1975, I think. Um, and then, I from there on, it became quite a successful session musician and touring with other people like Crosby, Stills and & Nash, and um, arranging orchestra for people like Earth, Wind & Fire or Barbara Streisand or Diana Ross. I, I did a lot of that um, until somebody offered me a movie in 1985, I think. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you've, that was, you, you left your old career, so to speak, and became a composer-arranger <laughs> for film at that. Yes. You were ready and done with that.
2: Well, I I didn't know I was ready and done with that, and I had no ambition to be a film composer at all. Um, And then somebody said, well, do you want to write write some music for this movie? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll try it. And then when I did it one time, it was fantastic. It was what I was looking for my whole life.
0: It was. You were not worried that it was like a big thing to write film score. Yeah, I was.
2: But it's okay, you know, I was worried. I was very frightened to do the first one. I was very nervous, yeah. but I did it anyway. I, I think I've always enjoyed challenges and enjoyed being in a position of having to do something new. And that represented to me the best musical opportunity imaginable. I mean, for a, it was like every movie is like a solo album, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah so it, it was great. I was very excited about it. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> when, when you read a script, do you get the scripts very early on yes. so you know if you want to do it or not, or how does it work for you in the, well, in I, the dream factory
2: over there? Yeah, <laughs> dream or the nightmare factory, the nightmare. Depending, depending on what movie you're working on. <laughs> um, now it's yeah, usually it begins with a script and then a meeting with the director, and uh, during which we talk about the script and I hear their ideas and they hear my ideas and. Uh, and in the, the ideal world, I get hired before they start shooting, um, and then I start to write music really before they start shooting, based on the conversation, and uh, then I give the music. I, I, I do a lot of mock-ups and demos. In other words, I make. If you hear my my synthesizer demos of my music, they sound pretty good. And I give those to the director and then I get feedback, which mostly means I have to rewrite it again and I give it back to them. Then I have to rewrite it again and then we go back to them and then on and on like this. But it uh, begins that way really with, with just some ideas for a melody or a theme or maybe a special instrument or something like that.
0: Yeah. But <coughs> like, you, you work a lot with uh, Lorenz and, and Shermalan as well. Uh, so you have a great collaboration, because it must be very, shouldn't say, intimate, but you have to have a good...
2: It's intimate. Isn't it? It's uh, not physically intimate.
0: <laughs> but it is a <laughs> lot of talk, a lot of... It's a lot of talk. A lot and of... Are you ever getting into quarrels about this Of as course.
2: Well? Not so much quarrels, but, you know, you there are disagreements, you know, with yeah. somebody... I might think this is the way to do something and Francis Lawrence might think no this is the way to do it or but ultimately in the end it's their movie it's Francis's movie or Knight's movie and and I am there to help help their vision
0: yeah.
2: so I don't I don't quarrel very much because if they want a change, then I do the change. You, but do, I, yeah, you but don't I,
0: fight for your version of a theme? Uh,
2: I don't fight for I, I will defend it a little bit and argue yeah. on behalf, but then I'm. you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to write another version or you can't be in this business. I mean, that's just what it is.
0: Um, is that something you have to learn to take? Yes. And go home and cry in the pillow? That's for right. While? Or how is it?
2: Well, it's it takes it's an acquired skill Um, I would say for the first 10 years that I was writing movies I would get very upset if director asked me to rewrite something and and, um, I was very difficult to work with and I finally understood that what the job is the job is I'm a film composer so I'm not if I want to do a solo piece of music I can go write something but otherwise you have to collaborate
0: okay and for the most of the time it works fine?
2: Yes, I mean, I've never been fired yet, but I, it could happen anytime.
0: But I know that you have replaced other uh, composers.
2: Yes, I have. Can we talk about
0: that? Or, sure. Yeah. How does that feel, that you're kind of a savior who comes in and save the project? Or?
2: Uh, you know, it, 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 it feels good to, to be able to contribute something meaningful. Um, on a movie like King Kong it was a thrill to work with Peter Jackson first of all uh, it was such a big musical challenge because he had so much music to to create and so little time that it was a kind of a special situation but you know I feel bad for any composer who is, is asked to leave a film because I know how hard it is I know how hard it is just to do the job um, I've I've left two films, but I quit because I didn't get along with the director okay. on two occasions. I understand um,
0: you don't want to say the names, but no. but you have. It came to that point that you couldn't.
2: Yeah, it, it wasn't horrible or ugly. I just said, look, everything you're asking me to do, you don't. I'm not your person. I mean, you, why, I don't know why you hired me because you're asking me to do something that doesn't come that I don't want to do, okay. and. Uh, I would, you know, felt like they didn't need me, they need somebody else. So I would just say, Ruth, great respect, I withdraw from the project. How
0: did you feel after that?
2: Terrible. I felt unemployed. <laughs> I didn't have a job. I felt bad, but I, you know, if, if the, the fit was so bad, you know, it's about a fit, psychological and creative agreement was just not there, and that's worse than feeling bad about quitting. So,
0: yeah. But uh, you have to have a great relation to, is it also the film company, are uh, they very much coming there with their
2: They certainly opinions? can, it How depends. That? Well that's when it gets, you know, if the studio starts getting involved, um, and they always have an opinion, and, and, that's, and I understand that. They should have an opinion, they're paying for it. So I, I expect them to have an opinion. Uh, I get along very well with the studio all the studios, um, but it becomes more complicated because now you're, you have the director's opinion and then you can have the studio's opinion yeah. and then you have the audience's opinion because they'll do a test screening yes. and sometimes that doesn't go so well and then it's really, everything's up for grabs. Um, but in the end, if you're working with a very strong director, That's the only person you really have to please.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast.
0: Do you have a when you have a script from someone that you worked with before, uh, or or a director that you really feel confidence for? Can, do you have a say something about the script at all or you just listen you read the script and then go from there and do your you never since do you I? have been so many years do i do
2: i read a script and then tell somebody this is terrible or, you know, or, is or i don't like this part
0: i mean i remember just when i talked to mark isham mm. who did the music for the hitcher and he mm. didn't like the script it was very violent or something he mm. had opinions about that he said i don't know if you mm. just read the script and if it's." Mm. Do you have any suggestions at all? Really? Well, I would
2: say if I, if I get a script and I read it and I don't like it, then I don't do the movie. Do the movie. But if I get a script from Francis or Knight or Tony Gilroy or the people yeah. that I work with a lot, um, and I base, you know, I, I'm, they always give me great scripts. Yeah. So um, it's not a problem. But there might be things that as the film is being made, I will have a a problem and something I don't understand or generally when I try and write the music for a scene if I'm having a lot of trouble with it there's something sometimes can be wrong with the scene too either it's edited in a strange way or you know there's some some difficulty in, in communicating um, and sometimes there's a scene that just frankly needs help needs to be saved and they'll they'll come director will come to you and say you know I really really need your help here the acting wasn't good or uh, I can't figure out how to edit this thing and you know so there's there's all kinds of possibilities but I think the director is as anxious to collaborate with me as I am to collaborate with them and that's what makes for the best teamwork
0: and do, do you look at the dailies on the sets at all, or, or how does that work during the? I like
2: to get shooting? involved as early as possible because, what I, I, I want them to I would love in an ideal world, for the first music that they see against their movie to be mine. You know that would be best because they get very attached to somebody else's music if they're putting in, something from, uh, you know another from Avengers or something, yeah. in Maleficent. Then I come along and they're used to hearing the Avengers in this whole scene, and it's very difficult for me to replace it. So if I can get, I don't usually watch dailies, but I will ask them to give me a rough version of a a major sequence. If there's a big car chase that's the centerpiece of the movie, or if there's a big, uh, any big storytelling moment that goes on, like three or four or five or six minutes, then I will ask them to give me the rough version, even though it's going to change, so I can start to write it. For instance, on Fantastic Beasts, there's a scene where they go inside the case. And that scene was almost 10 minutes long. And it's one of the first things I wrote, because I knew that if I got that right, there would be melodies in there that I could take and use in other parts of the movie. Um, and it would really establish the tone of the movie and what the score was supposed to sound like.
0: So you have, as we saw today in the masterclass, you have a kind of a method, of course, with the different themes that you can, as you say yourself, borrow from or develop or... or Correct.
2: Well, it's really about, you know, what really makes a great anything, uh, whether it's a film or a book or a, a symphony or a film score, is structure. Um, having the right themes in the right place, knowing how to reuse them, when not to use a theme, um, and when to use just uh, connective tissue music, which is what I call it, which kind of gets you from one scene to the next. Um, When to have silence, I think that's a really important question. And I think sometimes there's not enough silence because directors, have to be willing to trust their own material and understand that this scene may not need music, especially in action sequences. I think some of the action sequences that I hear and I have to work on, I wish there wasn't so much music in them because unless you make a choice that you're going to have a scene that's going to be action sound, cars and explosions or action music, but to have them both up at the same level, then it just becomes a cacophony of noise. So I think it has to be mixed carefully. And I often use the car chase in the French Connection, for instance. If you watch the French Connection, which some of your listeners won't know because it was too, they're too young. Um, but there's the greatest car chase ever in that, and there's no music in it. It's almost it's about seven minutes long, and it's so exciting that you just you hold on to your seat. And there's no music and that was a brilliant thing to do and I think more often we could do that more often I think directors could be more confident they have incredible sound designers they shoot it in a very interesting way Um, they may not need as much music as they think they do
0: so the silence after music is as important I think so dynamics
2: yeah and the and where you enter where the music comes in the timing is so critical especially in comedy, because you can ruin a joke so easily by having the music come in too early or too late. It, it really is something that I think is really a discussion between a director and the composer about where the music comes in so it doesn't feel like it's stepping on top of it.
0: Is it. Is very exhausting for you to work? Like nowadays, you, we talked about Pretty Woman, it's not that much music that you wrote for that film, mm. but nowadays you write. How many themes for, for like for? Well, fantastic in *Fantastic
2: things? Beasts*, two hours, more than two hours of music. Um, Do you
0: get any sleep, or are you just on top of everything?
2: Or you be- get sleep, but you know, when I have a some themes that I've written early on, they just they're like living creatures in my brain. I can't turn them off for months, and it's difficult, but. You know, one learns to live with that side of things, and, and then they will stay in my, in my DNA and all over me for for about a month afterwards, and then they slowly dissolve and go away.
0: But is it like when you talk to actors, and they, if you talk like a Danny who who is a guy who gets into character and no, probably yeah. is awful to be with? Probably. What does your wife or family says <laughs> when you're in the middle of something, or you're very hard to be with? No, socially. I don't think I'm
2: hard to be with. I am <laughs> I, I, I think an actor inhabiting a character is is more consuming. Um, plus, you know, I, I yeah, I don't think I I think sometimes I'm hard, horrible to be with, but maybe that has nothing to do with the music. I'm just horrible to but be if with. But if
0: you're out on dinner with your wife, this is silly maybe, but yes. and suddenly you get it. how can you record if it just mm. pops up at you?
2: Well, first That's of okay. all, when I'm out to dinner with my wife, she does not like it if I'm not really with her at dinner. If I'm thinking about something else, yeah. then it's not good. So I just try and put it away while we're having okay. dinner. Once in a while if I get a theme idea, I just pull out my phone and I do a voice memo. Yeah. And that happens. That does happen. Little things. Never a really I've never had a moment where I'm sitting like Mozart on the you know, <laughs> writing things out and <laughs> just taking it straight from the heavens <laughs> onto the page. No, it doesn't go like that for me. Okay.
0: But you can get an idea and you have to... Yeah, I get yeah, a
2: little yeah. idea sometimes. Sounds like, oh, I can imagine something like this. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. and it's still interesting and challenging for you to compose. For
2: oh family. my gosh, yes. It's, it's, you know, I think that's why I've done it for so long or want, first of all, I've been lucky to do it for so long, but yeah. I still have a great interest in it and it's my favorite thing to do you know is to really you know the difference that f- that music makes in a movie is so immediate and so profound that you know i never get tired of that it's so it's so great to to for to do it for a director because a director sometimes will not realize everything that was in their movie until the music's there And then the music kind of it's like an onion peels back these layers and you think oh my gosh the director looks thinks i didn't realize that that was going to feel like that and it changes things so dramatically it's just an endlessly interesting fascinating process
0: do you try to do just uh, because i know it's a lot of work do you do like two scores per year or how do you do it
2: well i i try and do that but you know i have so many repeat directors who have become friends of mine Um, let's see this year I think I did three Um, next year it's possible I'll do four plus a tour
0: new vacation
2: no Uh, I'll get a little vacation when I go back to Los Angeles in December uh, for through the holidays and then once I start up in January I'm gonna be working all the way through yeah and then I'm coming back to Stockholm in November Great. Yeah, I'm yeah, really you're excited about welcome. that. very <laughs> welcome. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Uh,
0: you also do both big blockbusters and small, smaller films as well?
2: Yes, of course.
0: Uh, how do you, the balance in between those? Is it a totally different way of thinking for you when you compose? or uh? Not
2: really. I mean, you, you have different assets to work with. You know, I, I don't have, if I do a movie like Nightcrawler or Pawn Sacrifice or a small little movie, yeah. Um, I don't have the resources, I don't have a huge budget to go work with a 100 pieces of Abbey Road. So you have to be more inventive, you have to think, one has to think and be more creative about how one is going to write the score. But it's still the same sensibilities, it's still the same idea of structure and theme and whose point of view are we in and um, perhaps more significantly in in a movie with a small budget. It's about the sound of the score,
0: it is perhaps,
2: and I don't even like to call them sm- little movies because they're not little. They're, no, they're, I mean they're
0: maybe it's independent. Yeah, independent movies. film. Yeah, right. yes. Yes. yes,
2: small budget
0: movies. Yes, yes. yes. that's what I mean.
2: Because yes. uh, sometimes those are the those are spect- oftentimes they are really yeah, wonderful You mentioned movies. two
0: great films: Pawn Sacrifice, about yeah. Fisher, and Nightcrawler.
2: Yeah, yeah. a lot of film. people, quite a few people saw Nightcrawler, but nobody saw Pawn Sacrifice. Which I thought was really a shame because yeah, I film. thought Toby Maguire was great, yes, Liev Schreiber was great, yeah.
0: and it was a very good movie. Yeah, I liked it. So, uh, so you, so it's interesting. Does that give you something that you can take with you to a blockbuster, or is, is it totally different, or do they kind of feed each other in in your mind? How you think about doing?
2: I think. I, I think. I need to constantly do have, have a big dynamic in my life. I can't, I can't work on one action movie after another action movie. I think I, I would just get too tired, I, just too worn out. So I think it keeps one creatively young just to keep mixing it up. And, and I love meeting new directors. I love working with new, young directors um, because it's great. They bring such a fresh and relevant Feeling to the filmmaking that is so great for the health of the business and for my own health as an artist. I learn so much from young people. Uh, I, I really seek. I seek it out. I try and yeah. find them because yeah. it works well for me.
0: Uh, <clears throat> I'm thinking about, of course, when you worked with Christopher Nolan and with Hans Zimmer. Mm. Uh, we love this. And of course, how did you collaborate with Hans Zimmer on the, on the Dark Knight? You did two of them? Two of them. We did Batman
2: them. Begins and uh, Dark Knight. The Dark
0: Knight. So, so what was your part in that and Hans' part? How, how was your collaboration? Well,
2: you know, Hans and I were very good friends before that. And our studios are about, you know, one kilometer away from each other, even closer, half a kilometer. Um, and so we would um, speak often about him starting some music and me finishing, or I started and he finishes it, and then when Chris Nolan called him to say, well you want to do Batman Begins Hans said, yeah I'd love to do it but I want to do it in partnership with my friend James Newton Howard, and Chris was very excited about that, so that's the way it started and it was interesting because we both, sometimes there would be four hands on the keyboard he would be and I would be, and we would we really worked very closely together on Batman Begins kind of co-wrote every cue Um, and had a lot of fun that's one of the things about working with Hans it's he's really fun and um, it was it was a new experience for me to collaborate like that then when the Dark Knight came it was a little different Uh, we kinda divided it up he took the Joker pretty much which I thought his work was so great and I took Harvey Dent, Two Face, and and we just split up the assignments. He said, "Well, I'll write this, and you write that." But we ha- already had a lot of material from Batman Begins that we could employ some of the themes and the ideas, and so it. Uh, he had, Hans had to invent a new sound for the Joker, and I, I had to invent a new sound for Harvey Dent. You know, so I think um, oh, two minutes. Sorry. Somebody's yelling too at
0: me. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> So, but so, but you are different, I mean, different characters, different persons, composers, but it worked fine. And did you, did you sat together and said, what about this? Or if you do it like that? Yeah, or
2: we did. We did it just like, like you think you would do it. It was no different. You know, the things, we, we are very different, but we're also very similar. We both have very similar synthesizer setups. Yeah. We both approach film scoring and creating a film score... As if we were making a record because Hans and I both have a background in recording so we are considered we're we're very concerned about what the bass drum sounds like and what the guitar sounds like and what the high-end sounds like versus you know, like what the synthesizer sound is and blending the electronic with the acoustic. Hans of course is a brilliant synthesis uh, much more of a synthesis than I am but I still am a synthesis so our approach was very similar and we both admire each other's work so and I and I think a big thing with Batman was he's a very schizophrenic character yeah you have Bruce Wayne as one idea and then he's Batman on the other side you know so I think it was to imagine two different personalities involved it kind of made sense
0: yeah it's fantastic of course and also more kind of pumping and mm. more dramatic than i mean you get into when you and then you have this more kind of fairy tale style in mm. fantastic Beasts mm. so you know from the beginning where to put your ground so to speak mm. or mm. to build from mm. uh
2: yeah i mean that's for me it doesn't get any better than a movie like fantastic beast because it's it just gives you every variety of music you can imagine. Tremendous storytelling, it looks beautiful, um, you know, it was it's, it was really great. I'm, I'm so pleased with it and it was so fun working on it. <clears throat>
0: uh, what are your classical favorites? Should we call them that? The, the composers of the old, because you have studied classical yeah. music. Do you get influences? and, and
2: Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I mean, so. I've stolen from every great classical composer ever lived. I mean, uh, no, listen, we all have. We all reinterpret everything we've le- le- learned and heard, and it comes out in our own version. Beethoven, my number one. He's number uh, one. For number one for me. But then I was very into the French Impressionists, ABC Ravel, and Stravinsky, of course, um, Tchaikovsky-Brahms. I mean, all the people you'd think. And then some contemporary people. I love John Adams, and I love Thomas Otis, and I love Esapekka and
0: I just discovered this uh, Gorecki's uh, Gorecki, yeah, Gorecki, yeah, yeah. Isn't that fantastic? It's fantastic. There's the- I came out from an Iggy Pop concert. Yeah. I put on radio station two. Yeah. I went home from this fantastic show with yeah, Iggy I'm Pop sure. and listened to the the, the Symphony of Sorrows. Yeah. And I, I started crying. Yeah. Because it was the most beautiful thing I heard yeah, well, <laughs> so it, yeah
2: I think that's what's one of the great things about film music is it it sort of is a bridge between the popular and the classical
0: yeah. so how that's an interesting question It's important for you that when you've seen the film that I can be at home and put on a vinyl or a CD or whatever and listen to your music and it stands for itself without the pictures to it that is, is important
2: that imp- to me that is very important to me Um, The number one job is to support the film, obviously. But I think you can do it in a way that after I've done the movie, I listen to all the cues and I edit some of them. If, If I'm just doing a low note for a long time that works very well for the movie, but you don't want to sit at home and just listen to a low note, so I make the low note much shorter. I just make it more listenable. Um, But it is very important. I do think about what people are going to hear when they take it home and there's no dialogue or sound effects.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So finally, also, classical favorites. How how about your um, colleagues in the business, like John Williams and Jerry Goldsmith or Brad Fidel or Uh, James Horner, people like that? Do you have a kind of a... You met all those?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, those are all great composers. I mean my, you know, two of my biggest heroes were John Williams. Jerry Goldsmith I knew quite well.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Elmer Bernstein uh, oh, yeah. was a big <laughs> big supporter of mine very early in my career. Um, you know, Hans does great work. Tommy Newman, Randy Newman. Um, and then as I said in this workshop earlier, every now and then I hear a new composer like the guys that did Ex Machina last year or two years ago, whenever it was. That synthesizer score was spectacular. I loved it. It was my favorite score of the year. So, you know, I'm open minded.
0: And finally, you went up on Billboard Top 100 with uh, The Hanging Tree with Jennifer Lawrence. Was that a kind of a surprise for you
2: It was you- a complete accident, but it was fun.
0: How <laughs> oh come? What happened?
2: They just started playing this track off the album and it became a hit. So I had nothing to do with it. I just sort of, you know put it on my record and there it was. Great. Big thank you. All so right. Nice thank you so much. You. Nice, nice talking thanks. with you. Thank you. Thank you.